Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. I'm talking real estate this morning, but we can talk about all the financial aspects surrounding that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously a huge financial decision for everyone. Mm. Um, And my guest this morning is Sharon McNamara, who is the broker, owner, and founder of Boston Connect Real Estate, headquartered in Pembroke. Do you guys still have a second office? You know what? We actually just closed the office. Same thing happened. Um, You know, my landlord in uh, Pembroke uh, said he had somebody for the space and was going up tremendously on my rent, which made me purchase just this, you know, this new building in Pembroke Center. And the same thing happened in my Bridgewater office. And I just, you know, when you do the calculations, especially as a real estate advisor, I couldn't advise myself to have a second story, you know, second floor building paying $31 uh, a square foot. So where, yeah, yeah, I know. So we sort of put, we still market that area. That's (laughs) the nice thing about real estate is we're on the South Shore, we're on the South Coast. You can be anywhere. Most agents are working out of their home office. Travel into the houses anyway. Yeah. yeah. So we are all over, but um, we're just you know, sort of keeping our eyes open for another building pr- to purchase over in that area. Yeah. Okay. So, but I do want to give an update too, if anyone was Go listening. The Patriots don't play tonight at eight. Mark uh, sent me a text um, and said they play tomorrow night. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Oh, oopsie. <laughs> so I guess this was the bye week. Is that what that means? I, I guess so. Yes. And I missed my marketing. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. We go. Nice, Sharon. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. We're, we're, if you're listening on uh, 95 
105.9. We're live this morning. And if you have questions for us or uh, want to join us on the air this morning, 781-837-4900. Um, Do people really listen on Saturday morning? Uh, Sunday morning? Do you know? I, I wouldn't be here if I didn't think that yeah. they were. I, maybe somebody will call in to prove it. I hope yeah, so anyway. I know. Call Please in. call. Please uh, call. If no one is listening, then I'm going to stop paying, uh, sending WATV that check. I wouldn't be worth the investment. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. It's early. Yeah, it's early. Wake up, Sharon. You shouldn't have gone to bed at three in the morning. I know, I know. Um. I just want to, right before the break, we touched on surveillance. Can we just go oh, back to that yeah. for a moment? And yeah. <laughs> I sort of made this comment joking about if you're touring a home yeah. that you're potentially interested in buying, yeah. that you might be on camera. And apparently that's true. I would have, yeah. my uh, mind would have never gone there. Yes. It's, so it's, le- it's legal as long as you're made aware of it? Yeah. Or? So I, can, I, I had one house that had, they had cameras and I put out a sign when I was doing the open houses that please note that there is surveillance in this home. They're not supposed to be recording. They're not, you know, you're just not supposed to be doing that. But who knows? I mean, I did have a listing one time and they had one of those ring doorbells and there was a showing. It actually worked to my benefit because I told them that I thought that they were a little bit higher than what they should have been in price. But let's test the market because we could at that time, you know, it was like May, you know, let's mm. see what happens. Uh, the agent was showing the property and when they went outside and they were locking up, they didn't know. I did not know, but my client told me after the fact that they overheard them saying, um, which means that they were listening, um, oh, we just think that the house is overpriced. So they're listening. <laughs> People are listening. Through through the ring, cam- through- a ring doorbell. Oh, I've never a- heard of that. Oh, I have ring doorbells on my house. Yeah. Meaning you can listen through a doorbell? Yeah. Yeah. I well, I have a ring doorbell. Yeah, I have ring doorbell on my uh, You can listen to someone on the outside of the home? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's yeah. at your door. At my door. Yeah, so oh. they were locking up and leaving. Oh, so, okay. All right. So, okay, Airbnb, you hear about the, the thing, weird things that happen in Airbnbs, right? Like anytime someone stays in one, I was like, so how does it feel sleeping knowing that the guy is really watching you in his in the smoke detector, right? Because oh. cameras can go anywhere. So I remember this was probably two years ago. The Today Show had a, a segment about Airbnbs and these hidden cameras and that you can't tell what they are. So they went into a home and they placed all these like cameras throughout the house. The family knew that they were going to be doing something. They just didn't know what. Yeah. And then sent the family back in to see if they saw anything peculiar about their own home. There's cameras that it, it was like a water bottle, the cover, the cap, they had a camera in it. Oh my God. Oh yes. One was, it looked like um, a thing of Altoids, um, you know, Altoids, the mints, yeah, Altoids, yeah, 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 the mints. Yeah. And, and it was a camera. The tip of a pen. Because the, they're just so tiny. Yeah, yeah. It was a camera. So if someone is, is, if someone has surveillance in their home, are they required to disclose that to the, the, uh, buyer's agent, well, or the to seller's coming, agent, yeah, to the seller's agent. Well, they it, should tell the seller's agent, so the seller's agent can tell the buyer's agents. But if, but if people don't tell me, but there's no requirement surrounding that. Maybe it's too. Maybe the technology. I, too I new. would say it's still a requirement, but they don't I, tell you. <laughs> I, I only scary. know what I know. Okay. Yeah. I remember one okay. time, one house I was in, this was years ago before all these little cameras, there was a GoPro and it was in somebody's room. And I remember having a broker open house and a couple of my agents came and they went into, like they're just looking through the room, but they happened to notice that the GoPro was actually on. on. So they're like, just so you know, the, the GoPro's on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's fair. I think it, it um, honestly, I think that the moral compass 
purpose on a seller doing that is very low and shallow. And if somebody is willing to do that and not disclose it, then what else are they not disclosing about the property? Because if you think about, you know, how vulnerable you'll be as a buyer in a home that's watching you and you're saying, I really love this home. Oh my gosh. I know it's on the market for 500, but I would actually pay 550 for this house. Yeah. Then they have the information. They They know. So when they're negotiating, I mean, they can't have that advantage. So of course they shouldn't be doing it, but you never know. I mean, I would hope to think people are not, but with that video, so I, I um, the Today Show, I had an office meeting. I showed that video to everybody. And I said, how many of you would think that you would pick up on this? And they were all like, oh, we definitely would. So what I had done the week before is I went onto Amazon. I bought a little alarm clock that had a camera in it and I placed it in my foyer. So as every agent came in, every single agent walked by this new little alarm clock and not one of them noticed it. And who puts an alarm clock in a foyer too? I feel like that was a dead giveaway. Yeah. Yeah. But but you're not paying attention to the little things. Yeah. You know? So every single one of them walked by it and I brought it up on, on the screen and I was like, every single one of you walked by that. Wow. So yeah. I think it sort of freaked them out that they thought that I was maybe watching them all the time, but um, I have better things to do. So yeah, it, ch- I, it just changes the game. Yeah. And, and it's it, not it, fair. It, and it's, it's creepy. It's also yeah. creepy. Yeah. But I also know too, like if I'm doing open houses and everything to always have to be on guard about every little thing that you're saying because you feel like your client is listening to you. Yeah. I actually, one time I got a listing because they fired their agent because they were watching her um, during an open house. She literally sat in her car the entire time and let people tour the house while she sat in the car on her phone. The re- the realtor? Yeah. Oh, well, so, so that's a good use of a, of a camera. I know. Well, it worked. That that's a them. good use of surveillance. Yeah. So. yeah. Oh, let's go to, I know this person. Let's yeah. go to, oh, we have a caller. So we'll go to Melissa at Boston Connect. Hello, Melissa. Hello, uh, how you, are you? Good, how are you? Hi, Melissa. Good. You could have joined good us night. in studio this morning. I know, I'm getting for, ready for my open house. Do you got, Do you and Melissa and Mary all do the, the show together yeah. on, on Tuesday yeah. nights? If you oh, watched okay. last week's episode on Facebook, uh, we all had the same outfit on. It was a little weird. Oh. <laughs> so. Yeah, we've been wearing the same outfits. Sharon and I wore the same outfit on Friday. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, we it's spend too much cool. time, we spend all that time together. Yeah. Well, they're a good so, influence on you, Sharon, yeah. and their, their style. No, they, I have a great team, so for all of the listeners right now, this is Melissa Wall. And um, this is how important she is to me and Boston Connect. Personally, she's very important to me, uh, like a family member, like a daughter uh, to me and Mark, as well as Mary is. But on her door, her name tag says, Melissa Wallace, our everything. (laughs) I didn't give her like a title. That's what it is. What's going on, Melissa? Um, I just had a question, so I'm just, um, I just have two seconds, so I'm going to ask it and then get off so you guys can answer it. But Sharon, I was hoping that you can tell our listeners some of the um, costs associated with selling your home. So I know you have a slide in one of your Mm. um, CMA presentations, so some people may be unaware of some of the things that they might have to pay for when selling their home. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also just to piggyback off of some of the shows that we've been doing recently, with septic systems Mm. um, and sort of if you have to replace that sort of the cost associated with that and when you should be um, doing a Title V. Mm -hmm. 
the, the cost surrounding selling your home is actually on my list, Melissa. So we're on the same page. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. See, she yeah. was, see, in this point right there, that's how good Melissa is. Like she was thinking about you and what you would be interested <laughs> in. Not so much what I would be interested in. <laughs> I have a whole section. I have several bullet points on all this. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, have a good um, open house and I will uh, ring you a little bit later. Okay. Right. Have a great show. Bye, oh, Melissa. Oh, uh, Melissa, just one other thing. Um, I put in the calendar yesterday. I'm taking next Saturday off, so if we could just make sure that happens. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. Perfect. Have a good Got one. <laughs> Bye. Um, yeah, financial considerations surrounding selling your home yeah. are, um, I did want to touch on that because, you know, obviously when we do financial planning and modeling and projections for people, mm-hmm. real estate moves are a huge component of that for yeah. someone who anticipates a real estate move at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, there are perhaps people that we're working with that are, you know, maybe later in life and maybe they're in their current home mm-hmm. indefinitely, or maybe if they're making a move, it's like a lateral move. And, and, mm-hmm. and so that maybe the costs are negligible, but, um, you know, it certainly comes up all the time. Real estate is oftentimes someone's Mm. largest asset, if not Mm -hmm. their second largest. And if they have multiple pieces of real estate, um, you know, let me ask you this question. So I want to ask you a question. Is that okay? Please do. Yes. No one asks me questions on my own show. Yeah, I know. Uh, Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to. So, um, I want to know what are you seeing? What's the trend of your clients? Are you seeing more people wanting to age in place? Maybe more people considering I had David toward a lot on our show a couple weeks ago, you know, doing reverse mortgages. Like, are you seeing more of that? Just people staying in place? Because I feel like that's the problem for our inventory decrease. Um, I'm still seeing a lot of retirees Mm -hmm. wanting to move to a condo or some sort of a property Mm. where the maintenance or the, or the, the upkeep, particularly like of the grounds, um, is not as much work. Mm -hmm. So, however, having said that there's not everybody wants to go to more a more community style of living and so condos aren't the right solution for everyone at mm. least in this area of the mm-hmm. world um, but I think that that is more of an opportunity in other parts of the world yeah um, so I think you know aging and I think aging in place depends on yeah. where they you know what place they're in at the current time but you know obviously um, people still want you know one one story living mm-hmm. they don't want to you know if they're in a condo they don't want to be on the second or third floor, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they're sort of thinking longer term. Um, You know, I've met, however, I can think of several clients who um, they might be in a home that's too big for them and they know it or or the property Mm -hmm. is expensive to keep up, but if they can afford it and they love their home and and they can stay there indefinitely, then then that's what they'll do. I had a conversation recently with someone who was in a home that she really, uh, you know, unfortunate situation. She was in a home that she really can't afford. Mm-hmm. Um, single woman and and um, can't afford it long term. Maybe short term yeah. can afford it. And you know, we had to have the conversation about. Um, you know, moving to somewhere that's more affordable, mm-hmm. which can be hard in this part of the world, mm-hmm. um, or staying where you are and doing a reverse mortgage. I think mm-hmm. reverse mortgages are, um, nobody's ever like super excited to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that they're a really, really great tool for someone who loves where they are. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, it's a solution for someone's lifestyle choice, for yeah. someone that 
that just loves their home and yeah. wants to be there for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there, there are only a few ways to take equity out of your home. If you don't have enough financial assets to last you for your lifetime, mm-hmm. there's only a few ways to take equity out. Yep. You sell it, you take some equity out mm-hmm. or you do a reverse mortgage. Of course you can take equity out in the, in the, in the form of a home equity line or loan or increasing mm-hmm. the size of your mortgage. But if you can't afford your home to begin with, yeah. You, you probably aren't in a position where you can access equity and then pay it off yep. because you can't afford it to begin with. So there, and, there's, and there's a reason for that. And that's, a, you know, that can be unfortunate, but a reverse mortgage solves that potentially, yeah. I guess, depends on the situation, but um, can solve that problem. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it can allow someone who loves their home. But I think to too use the equity. Is- if so, and then I, I spoke with David about this a little bit too, is if you have the personality that sort of spends what you have in more, doing a reverse mortgage to pay off that back debt and then the, the not changing your behavior, is it's just not a good idea for anybody oh, to even consider sure. that. Oh, yeah. oh I, I mean, pay, yeah. using using equity in your home to pay off another debt, you know, yeah. I, I say that that's, you know, there are some un- do other issues and yeah. underlying issues. I'm, I'm, I have recommended using a reverse mortgage to supplement income mm-hmm. to allow someone to stay in a place that they can love, that they love, assuming that it's a long-term solution. Like if, yeah. you, if, you, if you can only access 50 grand of equity in your property and you mm-hmm. need 50 grand to pay off a couple credit cards, yeah. then it, you're not, and, and it doesn't allow you to stay in the home indefinitely, then it doesn't solve your problem. Yeah. Um, then that's a Band-Aid fix. Mm-hmm. But yeah, where, where those work and where I think that they're a good idea mm. is for that person who um, the, rest of their, the rest of their financial life is sound, except that maybe their assets and or their fixed income isn't sufficient mm-hmm. to last for their projected life expectancy. Mm-hmm. And so using some equity that they've built in their property slowly over time to allow them to live their life to the fullest and all that, that and, and, and utilize um, equity in a property that they built in some mm-hmm. way themselves. I think that that works. But yeah, taking equity out to pay off debt, you know, there are that. more conversations to be had before that is, mm-hmm. that's something that I would recommend certainly. And you have all kinds of formulas yeah. and everything. I know we have our yearly checkup coming up too. You're always, you're always postponing it. You're always canceling it on me. It's not me, Busy. it's Mark. <laughs> Mark was the last time. I mean, seriously. Oh, sorry, I kicked you. <laughs> it was Mark. Um, no, no worries, no worries. Um, yep. But, you know, it's funny too, is um, I am going to switch a little bit if you don't mind. Um, it might be the host in me that wants to sort of talk with you a little bit. Uh, I think it was last week, actually, Tim, I had called in. Was it last week that I thought maybe they were in studio? It was yes, yes. Mike, yeah. I, I couldn't tell. Was it Mike and Kirk or was it Mike and it was Justin? Mike and Justin. Justin. Mike and yep. Justin. Yeah. So, so for our listeners, please bear with us as we're oh. like, we're kind of working out <laughs> the kinks right now. Yes. Yeah. Because we picked up airtime on 980 AMWCAP, which we're super excited about because we have our Chelmsford office yeah, um, and and we're really excited for additional exposure and to meet some new people in that area. Um, but we're kind of working out the kinks where we haven't been able to broadcast live on ATD on Saturday mornings, on CAP on Saturday mornings and on ATD on Sunday mornings because yeah. there's only so much, so much. there's yeah. only, you know, there's only so much time on the weekends for all of us. But yeah, yeah. so we haven't, we haven't been live every single show and, and we apologize for that. But, but it was a great show. 
Hopefully we're working. I thought it was a really great show. And that's one of the things that I wanted to hit upon is some of the things that they were talking about is, you know, I I just feel like, you know, with my whole life and everything that I've done with, you know, started with your dad and now you're sort of my contact person. It was sort of sad though when your dad told me that he (laughs) he could no longer be, he's like, I feel like um, you will be outliving me at this point in my life. And I think that somebody else should be. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't privy to that conversation. Yeah, so that's why you are now our, you know, our person. Well, like our, I kind of wondered about that actually. Yeah, his brother. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Mark is so much younger than my dad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, you know, because yeah. you're like our, you know, our person. If anything, I'm your happen. advisor. Advisor. But you know, no, even like yeah. personally, like if remember I called yes. you and I was like, if this is too much for you, like yeah. you know, if I'm like hooked up, you can be my healthcare proxy. Yes. No, I was happy <laughs> so. to serve in whatever capacity you need me to. Yeah. yeah. But last week's show was really good, and I think that the, one of the things is you have so many formulas and the in tools that people, your listeners, they really should be taking advantage of sitting with you and you can you can um, best an, do an analysis for them what makes sense aging in place or doing this because sometimes I think people like I want to leave my home I want to get into this condo so I don't have to do the the maintenance of landscaping and let's say snow plowing yep. but after you do all the numbers I mean if you can really figure it out you're better off just staying where you are because moving is expensive sometimes and, and hire somebody and condos in this area of the world are expensive and not especially if you add in the condo yes. fee and so yes yeah, sometimes it's not always a, a great financial move. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a lot of people, it's a lifestyle move. But I mean, you were talking earlier in the show about technology and your business. Mm-hmm. It like is what it is. And maybe yeah. there's not a lot of advancements in technology that will help in your world. Yeah. But I think it's... For it, marketing, there is. For, okay. But for in our world, um, there's all sorts of technologies that can, mm-hmm. that have, you know, that have rolled out in the last decade. And I'm sure we'll continue to advance that allow us to do that in analysis very accurately Mm -hmm. and or as accurately as we can you know there's always variables but um accurately and efficiently yeah and and i love it when people ask me those questions you know do Mm -hmm. i have enough money to retire can what you know can i afford this home should i sell Mm -hmm. my home when 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 do i have to sell my home if i have to sell it Mm -hmm. how much equity do i need to take out what can i afford i mean i a lot of times top of my head i can answer that in general, but mm-hmm. being able to do all the, the number crunching and the calculations is really my passion oh, and yeah. helping people answer those questions. And mm-hmm. and actually it's, it's, it's interesting. I'm digressing for a moment, but you talked earlier about, um, after you do your market analysis for how to price someone's home, you ask someone, um, what do they think yeah. it's worth? And it actually like struck a, uh, it, like a light bulb went off in my head and I was kind of like, when I have a planning meeting with someone, which is probably like my planning meeting with someone where we're like, mm-hmm. you know, number crunching and, um, and and coming up with a plan for the rest of their life and, and you know, determining affordability and strategy and things like that. That's probably a similar experience mm-hmm. where yeah. they're sitting in my office, we're crunching some numbers, um, we're making a plan, like you're yeah. making a plan on how to list the home. I have n- never once asked someone, how do you think this is gonna look? Yeah. And, and I, maybe you should. I don't, yeah, maybe I, I don't. Because I yeah. think that people don't understand, you know, doing the budgets and doing all those things. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that people, that's why I know how important it is. And, you know, the way I grew up, you know, um, my parents, you know, didn't, we didn't talk a lot about the budgets, you know, and things like that. They went to the convenience store and they, you know, it was a day-to-day type thing. Yeah. Um, but 
I already told you, Christmas, both girls are going to be home. Mackenzie just has her first full-time job. Casey is going to be, once she uh, graduates, you know, from BU Law School, she already has a job at Ropes and Gray. And I want them to sit with you. And um, I think that they're so fortunate that they have an Alyssa in their life that's so smart because I want my girls to sort of look at you as this strong, independent woman who's making really good decisions and helping people with their money and finances just so you can be a strong, healthy woman. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's important for women. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, in, I it's think, important for everybody. For everybody. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, so I just think that um, sometimes when people people don't look at the numbers because they, remember we talked earlier, it's the emotional aspect about buying a home that people fall in love with. And they yeah. always say, I remember one time, this was years ago, and I remember this woman, she loved a house and she was just pushing, pushing, pushing. And I was just like, honestly, like I... I think that you're just, you're too high. Like, she's like, I'll stop drinking my Starbucks every day. And I was like, if that's the deciding factor for you to buy a home, you should not be buying in this price range. Right? Right. I mean, just for one yeah. coffee, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you should be able to enjoy life and have a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But people don't spend the money the right way. Not all the time. Not all the time. It's, there are people are... F- I think the people that are very responsible about how mm-hmm. they spend their money and track it closely and know where it all goes, I think those people are few and far between. Hopefully that yeah. changes over time. But. Well, you're helping with this, what you do at the high school every year. Yeah. Right. I hope, hopefully. Yeah. 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 We have it coming up at, um, I think in February we're going to do it or March, oh. um, of 2020. But yeah, just to open their eyes to that and the importance of that early in life is really, mm. um, is really important. I actually met, um, a potential new client this past week and um, a, a gentleman in his late 30s. Mm. And he was a great example of someone who was doing a lot of things right. Mm-hmm. He had very reasonable expenses relative to his income, mm-hmm. um, strong ability to save and was actually practicing saving, mm-hmm. no debt, um, just like doing a lot of things right. And it's just so interesting because some of his comments to me were like that he was just nervous that he wasn't doing anything, like doing things correctly mm. and that and that he just, he wasn't sure if how it was gonna look long-term. Yep. And and it's just that, that those nerves or that mm. um, that that stress that people put on place on themselves yep. you know that's actually kind of a good quality in the world of <laughs> yes. finance because those people that are that are nervous about it are they have better behaviors yep. oftentimes and the people mm-hmm. that like aren't worried about it sometimes those are the people that that their financial picture doesn't always look so rosy long term because yeah. they're sometimes sometimes being Sometimes it's okay to be a little bit scared if you're yep. scared into doing the right thing. Yep. Um, but he he actually made a comment to me like, you know, I'm just I wish you know I wish I had come in sooner and you know met you sooner and um, you know I was like. I said to him that, you know, th- this is actually great because yeah. oftentimes I don't meet people until they're in their 50s or 60s. Uh-huh. And, you know... It, you know and that's hard at that point. It, it can be hard if they haven't done, made great financial decisions in their past. Uh-huh. And uh, and those are the people that a lot of them where I, where I will say, you know, I don't say to them, but I think to myself, oh, I really wish I had met them like 20 years earlier because, uh-huh. you know, I could have, you know, guided them and and helps them make some better decisions mm-hmm. and then they would be in a better place right now had they, you know, followed through and it's always, you know, easier said than done yeah. and you could actually follow through. But, um, but I was, I was happy to hear that this 30 something. That's great. Um, was the millennial generation, by the way, um, gets a lot of slack for a lot of things. And I think that that generation is, um, they're, 
um, sort of ingenious because they know that they can always get the answer at their fingertips. They'll yep. Google everything. Yep. You know, they'll find out the information. They'll research. They'll do yep. things. They really will. Yep. Until they have no, until they don't have enough time and they have families yeah. and, and their career is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, d- d- more stressful and, and until they don't have time. But yeah, yes. no, I agree with that. They're doing a lot of things right. Yeah, absolutely. But they're not in a point in life where they have no time. Exactly. As you are, as you generally are when you're like yep. a parent of, of young kids. But anyway, yeah, I wanted to talk about millennials, but we'll save yeah. that for after the break. But what were yeah. you going to say? I so two things. Yeah, yeah, so I've been writing some notes here. So uh, one is my favorite story is when um, I was, let me see, 26, when I was 24 when I got married, 26, Casey, 27. So I was probably 30. Yeah. 30-ish. Yeah. And your dad came to the house to look at all of our finances and said, and I wasn't working at the time. I was lucky to be at home, but we were living off of one income uh, with a newer business, McNamara Plumbing. Yeah. And he told me how much we should be saving every month in order for Casey and Mackenzie to go to the school. It's a daunting number. I locked myself in the bathroom and cried. But one of the things he said that I'm so glad, if anything I took from it was because he's self-employed, then I continued on and I was self-employed to always have that cushion. And that's the thing that they Mm -hmm. talked about last week. And, you know, when, you know, we did have a situation in 2014 where Mark was in the hospital for three weeks and it was scary because he was out of work after that too. If we didn't have that savings, Mm -hmm. you You would have had credit card debt. We would have had, it would have been terrible, yeah, yeah. terrible or for equ- us. Or equity from your home, yeah. and then you know yeah. that can put additional. So when stress you see that twenty five thousand yeah. dollars just sort of sitting in an account for no reason at all, it's for a reason. So don't. Spend and hopefully it. you never need it. Yeah, but I know. yeah. All right, uh, we're just going to take a quick break. Break, excuse mm-hmm. me. I'm Alyssa McNamara Reed. You're listening to McNamara on Money. Um, I'm joined this morning by Sharon McNamara, Boston Connect Real Estate. We're talking about finances and real estate and all that good stuff. Uh, give us a call seven eight one eight three seven forty nine hundred. I know there's someone listening out there. Uh, We're just taking a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed talking some real estate this morning, some financial uh, issues surrounding buying and selling real estate. My co-host this morning is um, Sharon McNamara, Boston Connect Real Estate, uh, with her new office in Pembroke Center, which mm-hmm. I have not visited, but I've seen pictures. Looks lovely. Oh, we're having a, um, you should come with the girls. Uh, so Halloween thing? Yeah, we're having a, a Halloween okay. event. Can I talk about it real yeah, quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have some pumpkins at the office. Yeah, I, I noticed. Yeah, I was yeah. like, My that is pumpkin talented. Fingernails. Yeah, your pumpkin <laughs> no, fingernails. They're the stickers. <laughs> oh, are they? Yeah. Um, you, we, if you want to come by the office, you can grab a pumpkin for the girls yeah. and they can carve the pumpkin and Cute. bring it back. I know you're probably busy on um, Halloween, but if you can bring it back the day before, whatever, we're going to have a little contest. Um, I don't know what our prizes are, but I know last year, I think we gave away like $50 gift cards or cool. something like that. Um, we're going to line, we have a beautiful stone wall in front of our new building right in Pembroke Center across from Stop and Shop and we're going to line them all up oh, and put cute. lights in them. Yeah, that's cute. Uh, so that would be fun. if the okay. girls, And you don't have to take one of our pumpkins, but if you get a pumpkin, yeah, bring it there. Two for five dollars at Stop and Shop right now. Okay, or Sha- and Shaw's. <laughs> Just bring one by because I think it would be fun. That would be fun. We they they haven't they haven't actually carved a pumpkin this season other than like those little tiny uh, ones. Yeah. I had some of those like little sugar pumpkins which they carved, but they would actually love that. We haven't done that yet. Yeah. Um, all right, we've got about another twenty minutes or so. I did want to touch on um, just I was listening to um, I think it was a a Wall Street Journal podcast and and it was surrounding. Um, we were talking about millennials mm-hmm. before the break, and it was it, the, the subject of this was that um, 
with millennials in particular, it's more common for them to rent for a longer period mm. of time and yep. delay the purchase of their first property. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of wanted to touch on that and how, uh, you know, that that has perhaps driven the, mm-hmm. you know, increases in the rental market and that, you know, higher priced rentals are perhaps there's a larger inventory of them. They're e- easier to rent. And, you know, I just kind of mm-hmm. wanted to talk through that a little bit because I think there are pros and cons to that. Obviously, someone mm-hmm. delaying the purchase of their piece of first piece of real estate might lead them mm. to making a better decision the first time around. Yeah. Or it might, you know, maybe the old, maybe it used to be that someone would have like a starter home or a condo and then go to their family home. And yeah. perhaps the millennials are skipping that starter home phase and going right to their family home. Yes. Um, and, you know, I think pros and cons to that from a, from a purely financial perspective factoring out appreciation in real estate for a minute, but a, but if someone is able to rent at such a price point that their expenses are lower mm-hmm. and they have an ability to save mm-hmm. and get themselves in a great financial position to be a purchaser, I think that mm-hmm. that's a good thing, but mm-hmm. obviously that depends on how much they're paying in rent versus what their mortgage would be. You know, obviously factoring in um, upkeep of the property and, you know, mm-hmm. the expenses related to home ownership. So I don't necessarily think that's a, a bad thing if someone is again, renting at that price point where they can position themselves very well to be a buyer. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, obviously have their emergency reserves and putting good money in their retirement plans and things like that. So they might, they'll have the time to get themselves in a better financial position. However, then there's that whole, you know, real estate appreciates X percent per year on average. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, they're missing out on Mm. number one, potentially missing out on um, the, an asset ownership of an asset that might be appreciating, mm-hmm. but also in starting to build some equity in that asset, and then, and then not only that, but then their next property is X percent much more expensive. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I just wanted to kind of talk through that and, yeah. and see if you're if you're if you agree with that that this is what's happening. Yeah. Well, right now it is extremely extremely difficult for our millennials to be able to save anything just because of their debt for yeah. you know their to tuition debt yep. uh, that they have. And the rents are just enormous. So again, the other thing is that generation tends to want to be in the city. So they want to be in Southie. They want to be in the South End. Yep. They want to be in, you know, on Beacon Street where Casey is, you yeah. know. Or um, even I mean, at the shipyard or, oh, is, yeah. I mean, or rents at the shipyard. Yeah. 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 So they want to be in these places. The rents are very, very expensive. Yeah. So it isn't, I think it's really impossible. I feel that somebody who's renting in the city, let's just say, and they're paying $3,000 a month, well, how do you save as well? Especially if you're just getting out of school, you have your college debt, then you also, yeah. you know, you only have so much. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are getting rid of the cars, right? So they don't have the car and the insurance and all of that anymore because they're living in the city. So they're right. just commuting and taking Ubers and all that. But I do think it is very difficult for them to save. I think the problem yeah. comes to what I talked about earlier is, Unfortunately, what I see is, um, and I don't want to say just that generation. I just feel like every generation tends to want what the what they had when they grew up. You know, they want yep. the granite. They want the nice, you know, the, the stainless steel. I have a very good example about that with Mackenzie that I'll, I'll share in a minute. But I just think that if you, generally speaking, you could probably get a house 
in a mortgage for $3,000, not in the city. Right. You know, so now you're yeah. not, maybe you're living in Weymouth <coughs> or maybe you're living in Abington or Pembroke or wherever, but $3,000 is going to get you a lot of house. Yeah. So I think that they're better off doing that. The problem is, is how much money do you have down? Well, that's when you get into your loan officers and uh, the different, you know, you can get a mass housing for 3% down. You can get FHA for 3.5% down. Yeah. Um, if you're a veteran, you can do 100% financing. So there, there are definitely options. You don't need 20% down to purchase a home. Right. Um, you know, 5% to do conventional. So... I think that there is a way to do that. One of the things I like for the investment savvy type person uh, for that younger generation is maybe buy that condo first, you know, buy a condo. And then, you know, while you're there, something smaller, save, save, save. And then when it's time, maybe now you meet somebody, it's getting married and you're buying that next house potentially you could still do it with owning that condo. Now you'll have an investment property. Yeah. So when you're buying your primary residence, you're only, you can buy that with as little as 3% down. But if you're going later on in life and you want to own property, if you own your primary residence first and then you go to buy that um, investment property, you'll need 20%, 20%, yep. 20, 25% down. Yeah. So I think that that's a smart way to do it. And I think when you're in a condo, there are so many affordable condos you're also still enjoying the quality of life. Are there so many affordable condos in yes. the city or like no, in, the, no, no, in no. the outskirts? In the outskirts. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So if you want to be like, you know, South Shore, you yeah. can find some really affordable ones. I'm yeah. saying like 300,000, yeah. you know, yep. um, you know, and up, but at least you still have that quality of life. Yeah. You know what I mean? So weekends, you can go to the bear fest or do whatever, <laughs> you know, the fall fest and yeah. do those types of things. So. I was just thinking about when I... When I was looking at my first condo, mm-hmm. I feel like I can remember looking at a property in Quincy. Mm-hmm. And this had to be eight, 18, 19, no, mm-hmm. 15, six, 16 or 17 years ago. Uh-huh. And I can remember looking at a condo in Quincy, maybe near Quincy Center. And it was like maybe 180000 or $200,000. And this was a long time ago, $200,000. Yeah. And it was like a closet. Uh-huh. And it was a crappy closet (laughs) and it was like 200 grand a long time ago. And I remember thinking, what? Yeah, (laughs) well, it's probably 350 now, so. It was, yeah, I was just kind of like, well, and this isn't even in Boston. Yeah, Yeah. so you have to, you'd be in the South Shore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it works for someone who's, I think that strategy works for someone who's okay being Mm -hmm. not in the city center. Exactly. Or or the Metro West or somewhere where it's, you know, much more uh, more expensive. But um, But I do feel bad, you know, trying to rent in the city and trying to save is really difficult. Now, Kenzie just accepted a job down at Clemson. She's the associate director of alcohol and drug initiatives and mental health awareness uh, down at Clemson. So yeah. she has a nice big title and um, she's renting right now and her rent is $900 a month for a brand new um, townhouse. It's a duplex. It's, yeah. it's cute. But she said to me, I, I think I want to buy a house. Yeah. So she went and looked at a house the other day. It also comes down to, you know, life, the lifestyle components surrounding rent versus owning. I oh, mean, yeah. some people want the flexibility of being able to rent and they're not sure where they want to be and maybe they're going to switch yeah. jobs and, you know, I want the flexibility to just kind of pick up and go even mm-hmm. if it's X months from now because I'm in a, I'm in a lease. But, um, and then there are some people who, you know, the, the, 
one of the benefits of home ownership is that you can really make it your own and you can yeah. put your money into it and you're not wasting your money and, mm-hmm. you know, most likely. And, you know, it's yours and, and you're not putting money into someone else's property. So yeah, obviously yeah. all those things That's the pros consider. and cons. It's yeah. almost like you've read it here, renting versus owning. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on, and I think yeah. we have like 10 or 12 minutes. Do you have anything else on renting versus owning? Because I wanted to transition to what Melissa called in earlier and I wanted yeah. to talk about the cost of selling that yeah. because there might be some things that people don't think about. Go so ahead. one thing about renting though that I thought uh, was really key, I'm going to leave you all these things too because I think they're good uh, information. Your monthly payment when you're a renter it will go up. That That's yeah, just sure, of course. Right? So you never know. Yep. It's, it's very unpredictable. Yep. It's based yep. on what the landlord's needs and wants are. But at least when you purchase a home, you're locked in usually for a 30 year rate. You yeah. Know? You know what I mean? So you're sort of locked in and you know what your monthly amount is going to be. However, that might be changing in the coming years because California just passed that um, cap on rental increases. California, I think think statewide, Mm -hmm. just very recently within the last couple of weeks, um, passed legislation that their rental increases were capped, I think, think at two or 3% mm. um, because, you know, I imagine out there in certain, you know, I, I, yeah. areas, it could have been 10% a year. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that might, at I least think, the predictability of it might be changing. Not that it will yeah. stay flat with rentals. There will always be increases over time, but it might mm. be more predictable in the coming years yes. if that if that becomes yep. a nationwide And it is a big thing. problem. I mean, yeah. and I know Marty Walsh, who I actually went to school with, um, actually sat next to Marty in school. And um, I know that that's one of his big initiatives initiatives is having reasonable rents, you know, in the city mm-hmm. because now, you know, the South End, you know, even Southie, I mean, when I grew up, these were apartments. Now these condos and they're just astronomical. Yeah. So, yeah. There's, yeah. you know, two sides to that coin too, because then if you think about the, the people, the investors that are, that own those properties and what their really, what, what their property taxes are and yeah. what they have to put into those properties to keep them updated. And yeah, it's the whole, it is two sides of that coin, but yeah, I think yeah. that that's, uh, it might be becoming more predictable in the mm-hmm. coming in the coming yep. years. Um, can we transition to cost for sellers? Yeah, yeah. Um, something that I try to factor in when we do planning and we plan in the per, uh, purchase and, or sale and the purchase of a piece of real estate. Mm-hmm. You know, I obviously there's the real estate commission is five percent still a ballpark for mm-hmm. a real estate commission, um, and then you know moving costs, cost of hiring a mover. You know, what mm-hmm. are what are the things should people be yeah. thinking about and having money tucked aside for? So I have a slide for that too. Is um, so one of the things that a lot of people don't know is the state of Massachusetts charges a seller four dollars and fifty six cents per thousand of your sale of your home. So if your house is um, just get my calculator here, so if you sold your house for five hundred thousand dollars, four dollars and fifty six cents, so that's another two thousand two hundred and eighty dollars. Um, it's just you know, for some people they might be like, ah, oh, all right, two thousand, n- not the end of the world. For some people, it's huge. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so that. That's one. The other is, you know, just the smaller things. You know, you definitely want to hire an attorney to review your purchase and sales agreement, to draft your deed. In the state of Massachusetts, you, the seller, is required to draft the deed and the buyer is the one that pays for the recording of the new deed. Okay. And then there's smaller items like the smoke uh, inspe- uh, smoke detector. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, you have to do that. Um, I will plug my show on the 29th. I am actually going to have uh, the deputy chief uh, fire department, Pembroke, um, on my show. And we're going to be talking about things to do uh, with your smoke detectors and uh, keeping <laughs> yourself safe through the winter months. But that's usually 50 to $100, you well, know, smaller things. What about attorney's fees? Do they charge a percentage or do they charge generally like a uh, flat rate? It should be a flat rate. Oh, okay. So that's one of the things I always say to my clients. Use a real estate attorney. A real estate attorney is going to be 
like a flat fee in case, yeah. in, unless something of an emergence comes up. What's a ballpark for that? 1200 you know? Okay. 12 to 1500 Okay. You know, for um, a seller rep. And the, um, but some people don't know that and they're hiring their divorce attorney to do it. No offense to divorce attorneys, but that's like you call and like yeah. you're getting charged for every minute. So if a problem ever comes up, then it, the bill ends up being very big. Uh, the other thing would be, you know, just your final water readings, little things like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, capital gains. So yeah, yeah. that's the big one, really. And we always say seek an accountant. My accountant actually gave me, um, that was his answer to things that you should be thinking about. Put together, if you're putting your house on the market next spring, Start putting together, you know, when you purchased your house, did you do new windows? Did you do an addition? Anything that you did to improve your home and your property so you can bring, you know, bring that that calculation together. So if you're a married couple, any gain over 500,000, a single person, any gain over 250. So what you want to do is you want to- On your of, primary residence. On your primary yeah. residence. You want to bring that gain down. Um, and not- it's great to track all your improvements and renovations to the property. Not all of them will necessarily yeah. add to your tax basis, but your yeah. your uh, accountant can mm -hmm. um, help you, can determine which of those renovations will increase the, yeah. the basis for taxes and, and determine what the capital gain will be. And capital gains, um, the rate of taxes that you'll pay on a capital gain, if you have one, vary based on your income too. So mm -hmm. it's, and, and, and your income in that year will depend on what the capital gain is. So mm -hmm. it can be um, a little bit tricky to yeah. uh, figure that that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And you, and, and sometimes people kind of go into a sale blind and have no idea that mm -hmm. capital gains taxes are actually a thing, especially yeah. on a second property. Then, then there's yeah. no exemption. Yeah. Um, but you could do for a, the capital uh, gain, but 1031 exchange. You can, so if you're going to that, would, that would yep. be a good show. Yeah. 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 I've do that. Yeah. We haven't done a show on 1031s in a while. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but anyway. I do think that um, just having everything that you have done for your home, because when we list a new home, one of the things uh, Melissa actually does is she'll send our clients um, just a list of any improvements and the cost of those improvements for your home. So when we're at a listing, we have a book and we have that book open. So people commonly oh, ask cool. questions, yeah. you know, that people will ask, how old is the roof right. and all of those types of things. Right. So just have that stuff ready. Yeah. And one of the good ones uh, that I actually got from Mark Styles, who's from... Um, you know, Styles, Styles Law. Yeah, yep. Styles Law right here in Marshfield. His was a good one too. If you had title insurance, homeowners policy, yeah. because the bank will make sure you have that out. You know where that is just in case anything comes up with a deed or a title rundown. Uh, so you have that. I thought that was a good tip. And check all your permits. Right now, I don't know why people are afraid to get a permit. Don't be afraid to go get a permit. What do you mean check all your permits? Like your records of go permits to downtown. that you pulled? Yeah, go down to town hall, make sure the permits that you pulled are all closed out. Like, so if you did like oh, a kitchen renovation. I never think of that. Yeah, make okay. sure they're all signed off. And just if you're doing anything that that needs a permit, just get a permit. It might cost you $50, $100 to get the permit. I think people are afraid, you know, the assessor's gonna come in. Well, yeah. they're just gonna assess you for the best anyway. So just let them in. Do you have any experience with someone not pulling a permit and what the ramifications of that yes. are if it's discovered? Yes. Well, which is- All the time. I'll really? give you a good example. As yeah. a buyer's agent, probably about seven, eight years ago, maybe even longer, house in Weymouth, um, He, the homeowner was a firefighter. And you know, everybody in the brotherhood, everybody, everybody knows yeah. everybody. 
everybody, right? Yeah. So somebody did some plumbing in this basement. Um, I recognized that something didn't look right on the toilet. Weird. I'm married to a plumber. So I took a picture, I sent it to Mark and he's like, yeah, it's not vented. So I said to my client, you know, there were, I went to town hall, no permits were pulled on this whole entire basement refit, oh. redo. So I said, I think that you should have them fix it. And the seller came back and wanted to offer them $5,000 off the sale price. My client was excited, young couple that like, that's great. And I was like, I would have them fix it. I, it's a snowball. You are going to own the problem that comes up. Oh. So they uh, listened to me, which was great. Because you thought it would be more than 5,000 yes. to have that fixed. Because you never know what it's going to run into. You want it done. You want it done properly. You want it done with the permits. You know, there's electrical going on. There's plumbing going on. You want these inspectors coming in and making sure you're living in a safe environment. Also in that situation where permits weren't pulled and then the home is sold. Mm -hmm. You own the problem. But also then do the prop, are, there, are your property taxes potentially subject to an increase that you didn't anticipate potentially. because the property taxes might not have been Known. accurate because mm -hmm. the town didn't know yeah. about improvements that were done. Absolutely. So does a sale trigger yes. uh, the assessor mm -hmm. to reassess? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so their property taxes could go up mm -hmm. unpredictably yep. as a result. In okay. that situation, yeah. it cost the seller about $10,000 to fix all the repairs in that basement. Wow. Yeah. So, and that's yeah. what people do. I mean, that's when you hire a full-time yeah. professional buyer's yeah. agent. Our job is to go and investigate these things. We're looking in town hall and pull. we, we just pull the file and I look through it. You know, we're looking at septic systems. That was huh. another great thing. Oh, yeah. You know, so title you have to five get, yeah, Title still. five inspection. You have to have that done. If you, um, people will be doing radon tests on your home when you have a home inspection. So sometimes people will do that beforehand to know if they have it. So. Oh, remember we we have a radon thing in our mm -hmm. house. Remember that was one thing that came up in yep. our inspection, and I bawled my eyes out, and because I thought we weren't going to be able to yeah. buy the property. Yeah, I we but were they ended up doing it, though, right? Cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, they ended up putting a mitig mitigation mitigation tube or something yep. that comes from up from our basement and yep. out to the side of the house and. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. To my knowledge, we won't have any long-term effects yeah. of that, but I guess I wouldn't <laughs> well, know for you, a long Well, the good thing is, is you have the mitigation system, so yeah. you can read if there is an issue. Which I should go down and read that. Yeah. 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 But I mean, you have right. a finished basement. That's why I said it's important for you to do that. Yeah. And make sure that that's done. Um, we hmm. have we have a little bit in our basement too. Yeah. You have final things to um, do? Final things to say, I guess, thanks to Sharon McNamara, Boston Connect Real Estate, for joining me this morning. You can find out more about Sharon at bostonconnect.com. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to give out your contact information? Sure. People can uh, reach me at the office, 781-826-8000, 781-826-8000. You can go to bostonconnect.com, find all of uh, my profile and everything there. And uh, if you want a one-on-one -on -one consultation, I'd be happy to help you. Uh, thank you again. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed with McNamara Financial. We have offices in Marshfield and Chelmsford, Mass. You can find out more about us at McNamaraFinancial.com. Um, you can also check out our new website for our Chelmsford office, which is McNamaraOfTheMerrimack.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend.